Hello, and welcome to Small Screen Justice, a podcast about superhero TV. I'm Dan. And I'm Jesse, and today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 9 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., entitled, Ye Who Enter Here. I actually like that title for once. It's a fun, goofy title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the full quote, right? Ye who enter here, abandon all hope. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first thing you'll probably notice this week is just that we're doing audio a little bit differently. We're each recording our side of things so that Skype isn't quite as involved in the recording, and we're going to see how that goes. So hopefully good. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to, before we get into the Shield episode, I just want to mention uh, there's been a lot of superhero TV news the last couple of days, especially on the DC side of things. But because we just have so much to talk about, I think that we're going to push it back to once all these things are on their winter break so we can really spend a lot of time on it. But, but I do want to mention that Agent Carter is going to have a two-hour premiere, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. It's basically starting off with almost a full-length movie. An hour and a half is not an uncommon length for a movie. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I, I always, I often feel when I see a pilot, I'm like, okay, you know, it was okay for a pilot, but it was very rushed because it had to be so short, and uh, mm-hmm. this could really help, I think. Yeah, I'm. the more I see of Agent Carter, the more excited I am for it. Yeah. I hope that it's as good as the trailers. Yeah, me too. All right, let's get right into Ye Who Under here. I would give it a B plus. What about you? I would also give it a B plus. Really? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually. think it was one of the more fun episodes of the season so far. Yeah, I appreciated that it got focused again. Uh, if you've been listening to this casting, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been really bothered by how sort of all over the place the show has been in terms of plot, and I liked that this episode we had a core group of people who were all moving towards the same thing, so the whole episode, I wasn't trying to hold a whole bunch of things in my head. It was very easy to follow. Yeah, totally. And they did a good job of, like, raising the stakes leading into the finale, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start off just by talking about uh, sort of Sky's storyline with Reyna and the whole fight with Agent 13. What do you think about this storyline? Um, I thought that it was pretty interesting. I, I think that Reyna is, is always an interesting character to have because she's so duplicitous and is so in it for her own thing. I know that we have a disagreement about Sky and Agent 33's fight. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was super awesome that we finally... It wasn't the very first time that we've seen Sky doing something sort of like as a field agent. Yeah. But I thought the fact that it was such... You know, it was like an immediate reaction thing. Like, Agent 33 comes around the corner and Sky immediately snaps into her training. Yeah. It was really awesome. Like, you know, it was like something that you'd expect from Ward or May or Hunter. And it was great to see... Sky getting more of a role as like an actual uh, member of more, the team, a, yeah, and like a more and like you know not being completely helpless. And in saying that, I was a little bit annoyed, especially because she does really like basically hold her own in the fight for mm-hmm. most of it. I was really bothered just from sort of a political standpoint that in the end she gets knocked down and it has to be saved by a hunter. Mm-hmm. I think that they easily could have written it that like. And I know that there's a lot of people who are annoyed that she held her own at all because in a recent episode, 33 and May had a fight and it was like really drawn out and dramatic and May really sort of only barely beat her. But I think that between the fact that May electrocuted her, so she's like probably a weaker now, and the fact that like the fights were in totally different contexts, I think that it would be totally reasonable for Sky to have hit 33 hard enough or like throw her out a you know, like get into a fight where she ends up throwing her out a window or hit her with a chair or something that debilitates her for long enough that they can get away. Mm-hmm. And I think that having her just sort of like become almost unconscious and have to get saved by a man was a little bit lame. 
All right, so first off, I want to point out that I thought the choreography in this fight was, like, one of their best ever. Yeah, yeah, it was freaking awesome. I really, really liked the fight itself. And I, I mean, I personally do really enjoy getting to finally see Sky in the thick of it. Um, I do think that she sort of has the same syndrome as uh, Roy and Cupid and Thea on Arrow in that it's like, oh, six months went by and she's suddenly on the level of everybody else. But I, in, in all of those cases, I don't really care. Uh, because I'd rather just see them, you know, be good. But I don't want her to be quite as good as May. So, yeah, I do feel like she should struggle a little bit more. And I, I totally agree. Like, I think the best case scenario for me on this scene would have been, you know, Sky is holding her at bay and doing a, an excellent job of holding her at bay and only just manages to escape. That would have, for me, been the preferable thing. The good meeting of her being capable but not too capable uh, yeah. The hunter thing, you know, he he came out from behind, so I sort of understand how he beat her, and and, and you know, it's I agree politically, like it would have been nice for her to be able to save herself, but she has done a lot of great things in past episodes, and women have done a lot of great things in other episodes too, and in this episode, so I don't have as much of an issue with it, but I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think part of it is also that I'm just super wary of the politics on this show because of uh, things we've talked about in the past with yeah. their tendency to murder women, which yeah. they didn't do this episode, I think, yeah. which was nice. Yeah, I mean, I think that clearly they have an issue with the side characters that we've talked at length about, but I think that they've mostly done pretty well with the main people. But, you know, we can get into that more yeah, as things come up. But let's talk about Reyna a little bit. What did you think about her sort of to speak to Sky? Yeah, I mean, at this point, if they're not the Inhumans, it's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, they're totally setting it up, and it's just everybody at this point has to know that it's it's the Inhumans because the Kree create the Inhumans. We know that the Kree are already a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though these people don't know who the Kree are yeah. because they haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Reyna's role was uh, decent. I think that showing that she also comes from a long line of people who've like known about this and like had it sort of as a religion was interesting. Yeah. And I th- think that, I think her character has been really consistent, which is good. Yeah. Uh, two things I want to say is just, uh, so she literally says we're human. We just had the potential to be more, which like screams we're inhumans. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also am really excited by the, you know, possibility potential of her, really getting powers and Reyna being like a big force to be reckoned with would be really great. I think I'm really excited by that idea. Yeah, do you see them ending up enemies or, uh, sky and sky and, uh, Reyna? Yeah. I could, I could see that. I could also see a way where this goes down a road where sky gets like messed up by the Terrigen mist or something. And she ends up being a villain too. I, I hope yeah. they don't go that route, but I could see them going that route. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, what do you think about the comedy in this episode? So we have a lot of stuff with Koenig and the possibility of him being a life model decoy, or is this... I mean, we're, are we supposed to, I guess, assume these life model decoy and this is all joke, or is it trying to be ambiguous? I really don't know. I I, I found the humor to be, you know, very slapstick, but funny but mm. funny enough that I was, like, okay with it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it's very Marvel. It's not... It's, like, something that would work on Marvel or The Flash, but it definitely would never work on Arrow. Yeah. Although it it's, is sort of interesting because... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel like, tends to be a little bit, especially this season, tends to be a little bit more serious. Yeah, definitely. Than even the movies, um, with a couple of exceptions. But I, I think that the Coney comedy was pretty funny. I really like, what's his name, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, he's amazing. I really uh, like yeah, him. He's, he's a great actor. Yeah. I really liked the um, 
cloaking umbrella. It seems like once they cracked that code, they just put cloaking on everything. Yeah, seriously. But yeah. that was really fun. It was really... I wasn't expecting it. I thought he... At first when he did it, I thought he was going to be like warped up to the plane or something. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is cooler. As far as the comedy goes, I, I thought some of the stuff with Trip was good. We haven't really seen a whole lot of good comedy from Trip, and I thought that his like facial expressions interacting with them was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I, he had a little bit more characterization this uh, yeah. episode, which I liked because he needs a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Or a lot more. <laughs> and I did enjoy uh, Sky's Harry Potter line to Reyna. Uh, yeah, fun. it sounds a little bit Harry Potter to me. Yeah. You ready to go to Fitz and Simmons? Sure. Man, it was, like, kind of devastating. Yeah. Uh, I saw this post on Tumblr where it was like, please just put uh, Fitz and Simmons into a room so they can just have a calm, rural conversation. No, not like that. Not like that. Don't do that. Oh my God, stop. I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. Um, because, uh, but I think that it's playing out in sort of a realistic way, which and, and like is definitely upping the stakes for those characters. I was a little bit bummed that Simmons just sort of flat out said that she wasn't into fits. I'm like kind of okay with it, but because uh, I like, I ship them. I don't think that that, so, I th- okay. She said I had never thought of him that way. And then I got really confused. To me, that yeah. does not preclude the possibility. Of it does, definitely doesn't preclude the possibility, yeah. but like it bumps me out a little bit. Yeah, no, I get um, it. I thought that both their acting was super on point because like they made me really feel things. Yeah, I thought that uh, it did seem like I, I thought it made sense for Fitz to sort of like fall back into his into struggling more with his disability. Yeah, me too. Uh, because he's so much more flustered with Simmons than he is with anyone else. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to see how that is going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah, and for me, I can't really talk about this storyline without getting into Mac's whole thing a little bit, because for me, I I sort of saw the Mac thing coming uh, about midway through the episode. I was like, oh, Fitz needs Mac in order to get around. This whole situation with Simmons isn't going to be able to worry worked out without it. Now, losing Mac, he is going to be devastated. He's going to need someone there for him, and I feel like it's piece of it is big, big big piece of why we're losing Mac is because of this Fitzsimmons storyline. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about Mac now? Yeah. Yeah. We can totally yeah, talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So like that said, I'm super bummed that Mac is gone. We think, uh, he's, yeah. his death is pretty off screen, but there's definitely arguments to be made both sides. Like he had the super strength at the time. So he might have like survived falling a hundred feet. Yeah. But on the other hand, he fell 100 feet yeah. <laughs> without really much control over his body. There's a good chance they landed on his head. So yeah. like, there's, it's totally reasonable to think he's dead, but it's also totally possible in this kind of a universe that he survived. Yeah, well, okay, so there's um, a couple things I want to say, which is one is that uh, I feel like even if he isn't dead, I think he's going to permanently be like a villain like or like a messed up whatever berserker thing he is. I don't think we're going to see him go back to normal even if he comes back. Yeah, which is um, a bummer. I really liked Mac a lot as a character. Really? I didn't realize that. Uh, I mean, I liked him, too, and I thought he had some really good stuff this week, which was part of, again, why I was like, they're going to kill him. He's having far too much screen time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I like him, too. Uh, he would not have been my first choice to be killed off. Yeah, I, like, this might ruffle some feathers, but I definitely would have killed off Hunter first. I Like, my whole reaction to Hunter dying would be, oh, poor Bobby Okay, moving on. Yeah, um, I, I like, do feel like... I don't hate Hunter. I just, like, if I don't have any strong emotional connection to him, he's, especially because he's, like, he's so cynical yeah. that 
it's like I, I do have I agree with you that I have more of a more of an emotional connection with Mac than I did with Hunter. I do feel like they have some plans for him though with the whole Bobby thing, which sort of ties into the whole. He's, he's yeah, I was asking him. You know, we had Mac talking to Bobby about like, did you let him in on the secret? I feel like that secret coming out and you know Mac dying and all this other stuff is really going to lead to some potentially interesting conflict with with Hunter and Bobby. So yeah. We'll Although see. it is inter- it is interesting if Mac and Bobby were the only ones who were in on whatever they're talking about. Yeah. Then she has no one to talk to about it now. Yeah. So are we going to hear anything about it for a while? I don't like, know. Like, I like, mean, I feel like we're not going to hear anything about it for a while, or it's going to come at, uh, out in the next episode. I think that it. I think that we're going to get a piece of it like next episode because because she's losing. Think, I, I, I think that it wasn't part of the plan that that woman from the beginning of the season died because they mentioned her. I forget what her name is. Um, and it wasn't, you know, and it obviously, Hartley. yeah, Hartley and losing Mac is another blow to whatever they're attempting to do. So I feel like she's going to have to make contact with somebody else and some, some little tidbit will come out. Although now that I think about it, like did Mac and Bobby came, come at the same time? Like, did we know that they had, like, a strong personal connection before this, other than just, like, being fellow agents? As far as I know, we did not know. Well, we, yeah, kn- we, we knew that... We actually, we, I didn't actually even really realize that Mac was connected to Hartley. I know that he showed know, up yeah, in the I same episode, but... Yeah, I just thought that they all showed up from various places in episode one of the season. Yeah. So. Uh, I didn't realize that they were, like, a team or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, yeah, it seems a little bit thrown together. Just like we have these characters, and we need her to talk to somebody about this, and we're going to kill him anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I feel moderately confident that it's going to be revealed to be better than that, but yeah. that's how it feels right now. Yeah, and I, I have, I have to be honest, I have literally no idea what the, what the reveal will be here. So I'm interested to see. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, as far as Max's death, is do you think it would have been better if they actually let Fitz be the one to kill him, or do you think that's just too far for that character and it would have pushed him too far and that's just too much tragedy? I think that it would have been really tragic. I do wish that if he was going to die, yeah. Um, I think that it would have been a brave move for them to uh, have Fitz have to do it. Yeah. Um, especially because like, it felt pretty lame that Bobby wasn't trying to push him down the thing. Yeah. And then... Like she just sort of messed up, and he fought, and he like falls to his death, and she's just trying to like tase him. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a strong moment to have Coulson be like cover it up, like let him go, kind of thing, which I thought was I thought that was interesting. But yeah, it would have been really interesting for Fitz to have been the one to do it, but he's still going to be getting a lot of tragedy and drama just from the fact that he died to begin with, and he's had so much going on with him. I don't yeah. feel like it was needed necessarily, but I definitely see where you're coming from. Like, for example, one of my favorite things on Angel yeah. is I think it, I think it's season four. Things just keep progressively getting worse and worse. And they, every episode they try something new to, like, fix everything. Mm-hmm. And it makes the situation much worse. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, keeps going like that for, like, eight or nine episodes. Yeah. So, and, and like, it, it, so it's, you know, really intense to watch because you're, like it becomes more and more impossible for them to get themselves out of the situation, but it's really compelling that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that it's, I think there's definitely something to be said for keeping pushing things at, to their breaking point and then pushing them a little bit more yeah. and seeing what, ha- and seeing what happens. And I think that having Fitz have to shoot Mac would have like 
pushed his character into some really incredible territory. Yeah. I think that he's, you know, he's already a great character, yeah. but I think that would have, like, been... The next level. Yeah, it would have been astronomical. Yeah, I think, yeah, the more you talk about it, yeah, I think you're right. I think that would have been really nice. And it was it yeah. was kind of a tease. It was such... I mean, that scene, though, I will say, that whole scene was a really, really well-done roller coaster of, you know, just who's going to die? Is you know is, is, is Mac going to end up killing one of them, or is one of them going to kill Mac? Who, which one of yeah. them is going to kill Mac? Like, it was... I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I was never worried about Simmons when she... Uh, went over the yeah floor. I wasn't really either but... yeah like especially when she didn't immediately fall down yeah, yeah I was like oh she's gonna be fine she's gonna get pulled out yeah though I would not put it past the show to some point kill Simmons off but not that episode yeah I think that that would be I think that's a season three move if yeah, anything yeah I agree. or even four yeah people love her and she's a great uh, actress. Yeah, totally. But yeah, we should wrap this up. Yeah, I agree. So if you want to see some of our other content that we do, you can check us out on Twitter at Superhero TV Pod. I update that daily with Superhero TV news. Uh, you can also check out our blog, smallscreenjustice.wordpress.com. You can also get in touch with us via smallscreenjustice at gmail.com or by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We will read any and all uh, reviews that are left for us on iTunes or uh, and also thoughts about uh, recent episodes. Uh, thanks so much for uh, listening, and have a marvelous day. Yeah.